Warning, this episode contains brain food that will lead to improved emotional and social intelligence. Give us one hour and we'll help you change the way you think about happiness. Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen is fresh, optimistic, and purpose-driven media that promotes well-being from the inside out. Each week, Lisa spotlights diverse trendsetters and change agents who are the greatest contemporary thinkers and doers, devoting their lives to creating a better world in which to live. Your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen, is a widely recognized applied positive psychology expert, author, documentary filmmaker, and lecturer specializing in optimal lifestyle management. Let's get to it. Here's Lisa. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are. Thanks for joining us on today's show, where you will learn about good vibrations rising into your higher self. My first guest is Agapi Stasinopoulos, and this episode originally aired in April of 2018. Agapi Stasinopoulos is a best-selling author and speaker who inspires audiences around the world. In her previous book, Unbinding the Heart, a dose of Greek wisdom, generosity, and unconditional love, she shares the wisdom from her life's adventures and experiences. In her newest book, Wake Up to the Joy of You, she takes readers on a journey and inspires them to let go of what doesn't work and instead create the lives that they really want. Welcome, my beautiful friend. I'm giving you a big, huge Greek hug. (laughs) One back to you, my darling, Lisa. It's so wonderful to hear your, just your presence and your loving and the way you interact. As I was saying to you before we started this with people, I find it inspiring and unbelievably generous with your energy. I love you. Uh, and I love you. And I, you know what? I, you know how I know I love you that we hadn't seen each other for a couple of years, and we spoke at an event a couple yes. of months ago. And it, it it has if we had it was as if we had not missed a minute. Exactly. It was like it. This is so true about what my mother uh, used to call essential connections. And I think Lisa, where we all thrive is in these essential connections. And when we feel empty or deprived of those connections, we feel that life has no meaning. And we somehow have got it all, you know, twisted, that we are so much about accomplishments and recognition, getting things done and finishing our our to-do list and getting all our emails and being, you know, on target in our work. And we miss that in the day, We must, we must absolutely make a point to have a connection. Yeah. The connection is everything. At the end of the day, that is the most valuable capital or possession that we can hold. And and it is, it's a very much, you know, part of my culture being that I'm Greek. uh, You know, the, I was speaking to a Greek friend today because we're launching, um, Thrive Global, which is, you know, is the company that my sister Ariana Huffington started, and I work with her intimately now on putting seminars around the globe to help people in their wellness and in being um, more productive by taking better care of themselves. And that's the principle. Like, how do you become um, more productive and knowing that if you get enough sleep, if you meditate, if you hydrate, if you move every day, 
if you have these moments of connection, you're going to feel like you want to do more. So I was telling um, Ariana how I find that we go to these offices now and I find that people are like uh, as if their life has got sucked out of them, you know? Yeah. And and why do you think that is? And that's where the joy comes in. And that's why I wrote this book, Finding and Reconnecting with Your Joy is essential for your productivity. And it comes from powering down a bit. I find that the, yeah. the, the joy surge comes when I step back from the chaos of daily life, from, as you said, you know, the, the connectivity of the emails and the to-do list and uh, feeling as though I have to rush to com- complete everything that, that is on the list. Um, and when I step back, and I think you probably share the same view, and take that breath, you know, like, <sighs> yes, the moment, the moment, the moment of pausing, the moment of reconnecting, the moment of um, moving into the perspective, you know, and I tell you, I tell you, and I want our listeners to get this because I get this question so much now when I speak and when I interact with people, how do we do that? Okay. And how do we do Because And I have a very practical tool, which is return to gratitude. And um, gratitude moves you, but you have to, it's a skill. You know, it's not like, oh, like I'm grateful for my life. Okay, that's too generic. Can you be grateful for the chair you're sitting on? And to know that there are people who don't have chairs. Can you be grateful for the sweater you're wearing? Uh, We know that after the hurricane, everywhere, people had, a friend of mine said to me, he's 63, and he said, I couldn't find clothes. I ended up wearing blue jeans of a friend that were short up to my calves. And he said, I felt this incredibly successful businessman who, he said to me, I felt how third world countries people feel, that you were suddenly in the shelters. I just arrived um, at JFK on Delta, and I was there at Terminal 4. I don't know if you've heard the news, Terminal 4 was flooded. And there were 4,000 suitcases unattended. And I still have, I got one suitcase back. I'm still waiting for the other one. People were crying, were yelling. And I turned to my friend that I made on the plane because we were both delayed and everything. And I said, you know, let's get into perspective. People are looking for their suitcases like we're looking for our missing kids. It's not our children. It's a suitcase, for God's sake. Your things. So where I I focus on the gratitude is that it takes moments of reverence to to say, you and I know when you get sick or you suddenly, uh, you know, you say you hit your little finger or your little toe and you go, oh, my God, my little toe. Well, I'm grateful for my little toe. I'm grateful for my uh, for my fingers. I'm grateful that I can see. I'm grateful that I have food to eat. I'm grateful that I can digest. I have this chapter in the book that's called um, Reverence, Gratitude, and Oh My God. And I (laughs) describe an experience of where I was brought down to my knees when the plane was canceled and I was bitching, you know, saying, oh, I can't believe this. It's a snowstorm. And something said, start being grateful. And a miracle happened because I was stuck in Salt Lake City and a friend of mine called me out of the blue uh, to say, I'm coming to Salt Lake City. I have a suite because I'm a speaker at the university. Go stay in my hotel. And wow. <laughs> a minute of gratitude 
the universe opened up and supported me and took care of me. And you have, I'm sure, thousands of examples in your life like that, don't you? I, I, I do because uh, I, I pay attention. And I, but I think this is part of what the, the message is, is that when we pay attention to what the universe is telling us or not telling us and paying attention to the very small things that we have surrounding us, what about our feet? This is what I love to tell people. When was the last time you thanked your feet? Yes, exactly, exactly. You know, and it's so funny because for Christmas we gave uh, all our Thrive Global team uh, socks uh, for uh, for Christmas gifts. These fabulous, big, warm, thick, uh, up to the knee, they're called reading socks that a friend of ours did from Canada. And I, and I said, that's exactly what the message was. Be grateful for your feet. Be grateful that, um, you know, you can walk. And so why is it that we uh, get so much in our heads and we forget that in our very, in our very breath and in our very heartfelt moment, uh, we have the opportunities to expand, to love, to share, to be generous, to really ask someone, how are you, and put our arms around them and give them a hug. And it's in those moments of um, service and bringing our, our, our energy, basically, to someone else that our life expands. And I, I'm a big believer that if we start to practice that, um, we won't get so much into the worry of our lives because, you know, People are, these days, you know, Lisa, are worried, are worried about their children. They're worried about uh, the world, the state of the world, the, the, the environment. So many things daily that are happening that are insecure. So my philosophy is get back to your connection with your, with your inner warrior, with your inner spirit, with your, with your abundant joy that is part of your soul's energy and reconnect with that. Find the ways to be kind, to be compassionate, and to be loving. When we speak about being in worry, and as you were talking, I'm thinking, well, when I'm in worry, and when I observe people in worry, we're completely out of the moment, which means that we are robbing ourselves of the potential of joy. You know, if we stick to the theme of the book, wake up to the joy of you and within you, Exactly. And what robs us of our joy, um, and I think it's very important to address um, when we're not in joy. So that, for example, if, if you're feeling sad or upset or concerned, or um, you are feeling, let's say, um, left out about something, or you're feeling inadequate, which is something that, you know, as human beings, we all experience, or you don't know something, instead of hiding it and, and pretending you don't, somebody says, how are you? You say, well, you know, I'm feeling kind of sad today. I woke up, I had this dream. If you own it, it doesn't own you. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I want, I want to give our listeners your contact information because you have a very beautiful way of engaging with the public. I want to give the, the standard communication pathways, which are the website, wakeuptothejoyofyou.com. On Twitter, you can find my friend Agapi at Agapi Says. 
on Facebook at Agape Stasinopoulos and on Instagram at Agape Sees. So says on Twitter and sees on Instagram. Agape, take it from here because I, I want you to say it in your own words, darling. Yes, my darling. Well, my dear friends for listening here with our, our, my darling Lisa and Agape, if you want to connect with me and if you want to have my 68 tips to uh, Agapi's happiness, please email me, agapi, A-G-A-P-I, at unbindingtheheart.com, unbindingtheheart.com, agapi at unbindingtheheart.com, or of course through my website, and I will send you the list, and I will also let you know when I'm speaking live in your city, and you can come, and we can have a love fest, and all my events finish up with a hug. Everybody hugs each other, and I hug a lot of people. I believe that that's the way of sharing the true love. Well, you uh, are, are, are like another beautiful spirit who uh, also, her name begins with the letter A, right? Ama, who, who hugs everybody. Yes. So it's, <laughs> you're the, the Greek hugger. The Greek hugger, exactly. <laughs> Here comes a brief pause, and we'll be right back to continue the conversation with Agape Stasinopoulos. To learn more about cultivating sustainable well-being at home and the office, visit HarvestingHappiness.com and explore Lisa's experiential on-site brain fitness workshops, corporate programming, and speaking engagement services. Continuing the conversation with my friend Agapi Stasinopoulos. We're talking about good vibrations, rising into your higher self. This episode originally aired in April of 2018. Agapi, prior to the break, we were talking about connection and, and the vitalness of connection to our happiness. Yes. Talk about some tips. Give, give our listeners some ways that you recommend in your inimitable, loving fashion of how to get uh, yes. into joy. How to get into joy, first of all, uh, even right now that we are talking, because Lisa and I are very much about living in the moment, I just ask you this question, what makes you uh, joyful? What what triggers your joy? Uh, and for me, it can be uh, music. I mean, music completely. Bruno Mars, this amazing song, I love you just the way you are. You are amazing. You know that song, Lisa? Yes, yes, yes. I do. Time. I mean, oh, there are many songs, Philip Phillips, Home. I mean, there's a list of songs where when I listen to them, I cannot not feel joyful. Moving. If you're dancing, it's very hard to feel depressed. <laughs> it's so true. Dancing is, is one of my favorites. Dancing with all your heart, you know, whether it is Greek dancing or it is salsa dancing or tango dancing. So make a list and say, and make it a priority and say, I will do those things because joy doesn't come automatically for most of us. Believe me, I write about these things, I teach these things, and I have to practice to stay out of my head, into my heart, and into my joy. For me, connection. Like, there's no way I can be sitting with Lisa and not feel joyful. (laughs) (laughs) I feel the same way about you. And I think having, like, a true eye contact with somebody. This is a little tiny intervention, right? When you really, when you lock eyes with somebody and you have this understanding, like, I see you. I see you. I just, I see you. Bring your energy alive to the supermarket, to the bank, whatever you do, because we do so many things online now, we miss, 
when you look at people, your children, your husband, your lover, your ex-husband, <laughs> whoever it is you are with, your, your, the, your children's teachers, your friends, your neighbors, just bring your energy alive. You know, I started acting, so it's a lot about projecting. Life is a lot about projecting. Um, if you say to someone, how are you? And your energy is down, say, how are you, sweetheart? You look great. Just bringing your energy alive, it awakens you. You know, Lisa, I have a belief that we must all have a joy buddy. And my sister and I talk a lot about that. And my nieces, a joy buddy is somebody that keeps you accountable to bring your joy. And you report to them. You know, you say, I did three things today that brought me joy. And I'm going to do a call to action right here with Lisa at Harvesting Happiness. I want you all today to have three things that you do that bring you joy and then write them down and say, today, this is what brought me joy. This is what I did for my joy. And keep a calendar, a little journal next to your bed every night, record three things. And then in the morning, ask yourself, what would I do today? And be creative, be spontaneous about it. This is not something you, you it's a, it's a to-do list. It's more a heartfelt thing. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. You know, and there's something else as you're talking, once again, that comes to mind is so often we expect that life is supposed to give to us. And what happens if we turn the tables and ask ourselves, what will we give to life today? What will exactly. we proactively, what will we invest in our lives? I mean, that is, that is the key to happiness, Lisa. You said it right there. That is the key to happiness. And, uh, and, and because we have this fear, you know, of missing out and we, we operate in luck and we compare ourselves and we think, well, so-and-so has so much more of this person, which is a complete uh, self-sabotage, actually. I say comparing yourself is an addiction to losing. I totally agree with that. And I said, get down there in your unconscious and say, why am I so committed to losing? And stop comparing yourself. If you want to compare yourself, compare yourself to someone who has nothing. You know, and there are many people who have nothing. And I have this affirmation. I'm going to read for everybody. And it's in my book. I don't remember the page. I think it's page 124 or 142. I don't remember, but uh, it is by a Sufi master called Imam al-Shafi. And it says, my heart is at ease, knowing that what was meant for me will never miss me. Mm. And that what misses me was never meant for me. And I'm going to do it one more time. My heart is at ease, knowing that what was meant for me will never miss me. And that what misses me was never meant for me. Yeah. Beautiful. And I and I, I posted this many times in my um, social media because I feel all of us suffer from this thing uh, that sabotages our beautiful, brilliant, amazing human beings that we are. All of us. You know, I mean, we're all made out of stardust, 37.2 trillion cells. This is the life that is making us right now. And we must be reverent. We must be grateful. And we don't have to go to the Himalayas or to, a, to Tibet or to the, um, the monasteries to, to feel the reverence. You can feel the reverence in New York City in the middle of the crowded airports. You know, you can actually practice 
the reverence of your humanity every day. I love what you just said. Practice the reverence of your humanity every day. And yes. that's the challenge, right? That is the challenge that awakens joy. If we're able to do that, we live in joy because it's already there. It's, it's, exactly. it's, it's our, our very spirits then shine, you know, and they feel, as you said, uh, we start to feel, um, what am I here to contribute? And, and you know, most people, why the, unhappiness is just a narcissistic uh, loop. <laughs> we, get, we think about ourselves, what about me, what about me, what about me, what about me? I said, it's not about you, darling. <laughs> right? I, I think that that's that the biggest I'm awakening. Talking. People say to me, how can you be so free when you speak? You know, because I speak, you know, to thousands of people and I, and I, and I don't have a self-consciousness. I just say it as it is. I said, because when I get up there to speak, it's not about me. It's not about me. It's about giving what I have to you. Yeah. And then, then you're free because you've become unconditional. And anybody who's read my book, Unbinding the Heart, and in this book too, I write about how I had a moment in my life that life taught me to be unconditional. You know, when I wasn't getting the acting parts and the acting career, and I went to a New York City bus and I performed for one woman just like that, and she cried. And she said to me, go do your own thing, sweetheart, because you are talented. I never, you got this, she said to me. Don't wait for anyone to hire you. And I saw this um, great quote at the airport, Lisa, by Wall Street Journal. It says, uh, all good things come to those who don't wait. <laughs> all right, action. Come out to don't wait. So I said, don't wait for anyone to give you permission to give your life. Don't wait for the guy to propose to you or the woman to say, I love you. Just say, honey, I love you. I want to get married. I want to have kids. And if the kid says, I'm not ready, say, okay, I'll go find somebody who's ready now. You know, don't oh. wait. We don't have time to wait. Lynn Manuel Miranda said, I embody the principles of Alexander Hamilton. His musical Hamilton is about Alexander Hamilton. And he said, when asked, how can you be so creative and such a genius and so giving of you? He said, I don't wait for anything. I, I live life as if this is the day and that tomorrow is not promised. Tomorrow is not promised. Yeah. And therein lies the joy once again. You know, if, if, if you live life in this fashion, you realize that there's no space for the unhappiness. Yes, and you know, and if you are unhappy, again, name it. I'm unhappy because um, I'm not creative in my work. I feel I'm dull. We know people become dull. They, they, and if you're dull, that's okay. Don't judge it. Do not judge it. Just own it and say, I'm dull. And then the question is, how can you undull yourself? How can you, do you remember <laughs> a time that you were not dull? And you go, yes, remember when I was 19, I had this adventure. Okay, let's go back there and grab that feeling and re recreate it now in your life and break through the comfort zone. We get dull because we get into a routine of being comfortable. Change things around, change things around. And, you know, I think it's important for us to mention that we are not um, trying to minimize when bad things happen. I think it's responsible to mention this, that when someone is going through um, a challenge or some very, very oh, difficult I'm life not, transition, we're not minimizing. Not this is not what. Not at all. I yeah. mean, I think, I, but I think 
what we're finding out is that the human spirit is so resilient and that as we face it and as we bring our heart into every situation, as we, as we bring our, as we, you see, suffering comes because we close down our hearts, Lisa. This is it. Suffering comes because we shut down and we judge our experience and our condition. And we judge ourselves. I do it all the time. I, I, I know my judgments. But learning to counteract that and to bring the leverage with the part that says, sweetheart, I forgive myself for judging myself for the conditions of my life. And your energy expands. Yeah. It, it, instead of contracting, you, we have daily the, uh, to uh, call ourselves forward to our expansion. That's why we have shows like yours and we have, um, you know, podcasts now and, and books and um, apps and everything to remind people, let us expand into the spirit and the joy of who we are. When I was writing this book, I was given this information um, through my high self, through my God-given self, and I sat down and I felt it was coming through me to tell people, I have gone through all these experiences and I have a responsibility to share the wisdom that is in my heart. And that's what gave me the confidence is that, Lisa, everything I write about, every single thing I have gone through, the disappointments, the uh, dealing with um, being stuck, the finances, the guy not wanting to, to get married, the not, you know, rele releasing my childhood. Yeah. You've been there, been there, done that. Agapi, we are out of time, and I'm hoping you can read one small portion from from the book, Wake Up to the Joy of You. Maybe the This Is Your Precious Life, maybe the beautiful passage. I'm reading right now, and I wanted to encourage our, our beautiful listeners, if they love audio, I have 32 guided meditations with my voice and specially recorded music. So I... I um, encourage you to also download the audio and to keep this book by your bedside and open it in any chapter you want. This is not a linear book. It's like the I Ching. Yeah. <laughs> you open it and find a solution to any problem. This is your precious life. Feast on the food you love. Make your home a sanctuary. Bring your heart to your workplace every day. Love the clothes you're wearing. Create relationships where you feel cherished. Bake cookies for people. Don't wait for special occasions to celebrate your life. Do things that remind you of the beauty of life often and daily. And oh. say to yourself every day, this is my precious life. This life was given to me. In this precious life, I can choose for myself to live it. Whatever way I want to live, I don't need to prove my worth to anyone. I choose to do things that make me happy, that uplift me, that mean something to me. This life was given to me to live, to enjoy, to learn, to love, to share, to receive, and to give. Celebrate your fullness, sing your song, give it your deepest gratitude. This is your precious life. I love you, enjoy every moment, and see you very soon somewhere on this little planet of ours. God bless. Alert. 
Oh, and bless you. God bless you, Agape. To learn more, please visit wakeuptothejoyofyou.com on Twitter at Agape Says and on Facebook, Agape Stasinopoulos, and on Instagram, Agape Sees. The book we're talking about today is Wake Up to the Joy of You, 52 Meditations and Practices for a Calmer, Happier Life. Let's take a brief pause and we'll be right back. That is a promise. Did you know that happiness is actually good for your health? Happy people live longer, are more productive, and make better partners, parents, and professionals. Connect with us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and follow Lisa on Twitter at Lisa Kamen for a daily dose of inspiration. And we're back continuing the conversation about good vibrations rising into your higher self. My next guest is Lala Delia, and this episode originally aired in March of 2020. Layla Delia is a certified spiritual practitioner, spiritual writer, and the founder of Vibrate Higher Daily, a vibrational living online community and mentoring program. Delia is an ambassador for Reebok's hashtag Be More Human campaign. She's spoken at panels across the country like South by Southwest and Girl Boss Rally, and has been featured in various media outlets, including Glamour Magazine, Girl Boss Radio, Bustle, Black Girl in Ohm, LA Yoga, Hollywood Reporter, and on and on and on. She recently moved back to her native Los Angeles, and we're talking about her book, Vibrate Higher Daily. Welcome, Layla. Hi, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I am not only excited to have you, but eager to present to our audience really what you're teaching, you know, this, this sense of intentional energetic toning in the way we consume, think, say, and do and live. Yes, it's so important because it governs everything we do. So in your book, you mentioned that during hard times in your life, you were living a life at a lower vibration and limited mindset. Explain what you mean by that. During that time in my life, I was completely unaware that I had a higher self, <laughs> that I could live at a different potential. And it was my mindset was so clouded by living in survival mode and healing or not healing, rather not healing from trauma and being an unhealed young woman in the world who doesn't know herself and doesn't know her higher potential is just a recipe for you know, just a mess. <laughs> a life that can turn into a mess. <laughs> a hot mess. <laughs> a hot, hot, flaming mess. And so that's exactly what played out in my life, in the movie of my life at that point, in that part of my life's chapter and book. So when I was unhealed, I was attracting people who could not look, see me, could not see me on a higher vibrational level and would treat me from their wounds as well. So I was just attracting the same level of energy. I was the same level of vibration. I was like, I talk about all about in the book. So our vibration governs everything that we're bringing into our lives. And it sets the tone, the energetic tone of everything we experience, how we see the world. And when I was living as a victim, Truly, I wasn't seeing myself as the hero of my life. I didn't know that was even an option. I was always thinking it was something outside of myself that was going to come save the day. So 
I was always looking for other people to validate my healing and to validate my joy, to validate my sense of self-worth. And when you leave that up to people who are unhealed themselves, that's another hot mess. And so my life was just spiraling and looping out of control, literally to the point where I was in abusive relationships. I was, you know, to a point where I talk in the book, I was suicidal. I was at the point of no return, as so I thought. And I just was hopeless. I was completely hopeless in the world and not knowing a way to go forward and not even knowing how to dig myself up out of this dark place. And then it was, you know, as I talk about in the book, it was just a turn of fate that happened by just beautiful steps that I was able to do. You know, certain people were able to just crack the code and get in and and set me free uh, or help set me free, rather, because I, I truly believe it's us that we, we set our own selves free once we are able to honor the path and be obedient to the call to heal, to move forward and to let go of our comfort zone that has been you know, treating us good to one point, but we outgrow. And sometimes if we stay there too long, it gets toxic, you know, or sometimes it's just toxic from the get go. And we just need to move on with our lives and realize what real joy and real healing is is all about. It's funny, you mentioned the comfort zone. And the words that popped into my mind, as you said, that is that it can also be the torture chamber. Oh, my goodness, yes. And in most cases, it is it's it's that place where we find ourselves not thriving to a, to a bigger level. We're playing comfortable. We're playing small. We're not believing that we have more to offer the world. We may desire it, but we're not really believing that we're capable of it. That's the comfort zone. And the comfort zone wants to keep you there. It's very magnetic there. And so it's always drawing you back when you try to get out of it even. And it takes just a powerful force to come into your life and release you from that. And that's courage. That's self-belief. That's love, self-love. And it's vibrating higher daily and living your power. You know, taking your power back is literally a way to set yourself free. And then to understand that, that fear that is controlling that comfort zone, that home there, it's an illusion. It's always an illusion. It's making you think that if you go out for all these other things that you want to manifest in life and see actualize that something's going to happen and you live in, in this fight or flight mode, so to speak. And when, (laughs) when you can get out of that, like everything changes, everything is so mystical. Let's take a step back for a second, because I want to have our listeners get a better awareness of what we're talking about in terms of tone and vibration. And Mm -hmm. everybody has it, and everybody can recognize it. Sometimes you just need to throw a little awareness on a a little spotlight. And you and I Mm -hmm. spoke before we started the interview about, you know, are you the the storm cloud or the sunshine when you walk in the door, (laughs) right? And maybe Absolutely. That, maybe that's a way to imagine, you know, the, the the scale of energy or the scale of of light that each one of us has the ability to walk with. That's it. We are all our own environment. So whenever we come into contact with people, we're we're coming into environment. We're like exchanging environments, exchanging energy, exchanging vibrations, and this vibrational 
environment or vibration rather controls how your environment feels. So when you walk into a room, there's already an environment there. And, you know, like if you walk into a room where someone has just been arguing, you can feel it. You feel that tension. It's really thick. And you can feel when there's love and joy, you feel this sense of reprieve when you walk in certain spaces and you feel comfort when you walk in certain places. And and granted, comfort can be a beautiful thing, but it's not a sign to allow fear to take over. And I want to I want to just throw that in there and to keep us stuck in places we're not supposed to stay in. But you can show up. And when you walk into a room, are you, like we talked about, are you a cloud, a storm cloud <laughs> where everyone is like, Ooh, this is a dark energy walking in or, yeah. you know, just a, a heavy, a heavy energy. Or are you the sun walking in as the light in the room? Are you being a light? Are you, are you showing up in a higher vibration of yourself? Are you living your power when you put your work out in the world? When people come into your place of business, are you, live in your power. And that could look like, you know, serving people with mindfulness, with kindness and compassion versus we all know that experience in the store where someone is just having a bad work day and they're making the customers pay for it. You know, they're like yeah. unkind and maybe rude and just short. And, and maybe that's can be someone on a phone call that you, some company you're talking to in customer service, what have you. But we, we all kind of know these vibes that we're picking up from people when we interact and exchange with them. And the interesting thing to know is that energy can be transferred. So it's important to keep this in mind. Am I transferring this vibration, this energy tone to someone else? Or is someone else's energy tone and vibration being transferred onto me? Am I absorbing that? And that's where we start looking at things like being empathic. I believe we're all empathic to the point where we all can take on other people's energy and feel it. Um, but you, you're able to be empathic and and living in your power when you know how to transmute that and not let it penetrate deep, deeply into where it becomes you. You just shower it off of you just with self-love, just with mindfulness that this is their thing, not mine. Uh, and, and you let it go. You release it. You don't take it on. And then you don't, you know, as a result, go pass it on or pay it forward to someone else. Um, sometimes like we can see negative energy do. We see the opposite with love. Like we pass love on, we spread it, but we don't want to spread the heavy and, and unpretty things. No, no, we don't. But talk a little bit about Vibrate Higher Daily, the website and the community that you've created. In addition to this book, which teaches us the steps to vibrate higher daily, you have a very thriving community of over a quarter of a million men and women. Talk a little bit about that, because that's no easy task to create that. Yeah, the, the community is my family, they're my vibrational family, my extended family. And I have such a love and a reverence for the community because these are all people from all walks of life who are resonating with this message of taking their life to a higher vibration, living their power in the world. And another thing I talk about is journeying in grace. And a lot of times when we're achieving our goals and doing the things, not, you know, knocking off our to-do list and looking at our achievements, or maybe we don't reach our achievements and our goals, we can be hard on ourselves, or we can tend to want to keep compiling things on our list. But sometimes we just have to journey in grace, take some love, take some self-care. And this is what I help teach on the platform is how to journey in grace, how to 
you know, bring grace into your path while you're living your power, because sometimes we have to rest, (laughs) we have to slow down, we have to recharge. And then we also have to have a place where we can grow safely, where we can understand how to navigate the world through vibration. And this is what I offer on my online community on social media, but then also on my website. And I'm just so excited because this right now we're undergoing a major makeover on my website on the member community where it's going to be a way different experience, how to teach, how to learn about vibration and vibrating higher in the world. And I'm so excited about that. But there's so many people, we're not alone. And we see that through community on, on you know my platforms. And I love it. I love just showing up every day in service and channeling, channeling the message of Vibrate Higher Daily in whatever way comes through. I think you hit upon something so powerful that for one to live their most fulfilled way or path, um, in my experience, it has been to be of use to others in whatever it is that we choose to do. Yes. That service is is the pathway to vibrate higher, to a sustainable level of happiness or contentment or well-being, whatever whatever word you want to insert there, you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Yeah, in chapter four of the book, I I talk about this because you're right, it's such an important key part of our true fulfillment. If we only stop at our own fulfillment, that's not true joy, it's not true fulfillment, and it's not our highest and best self and potential in the world. And so when we can look outward after we've done all the inner work, and when we can look outward, or as we're doing the inner work, really, we can look outward and see where is my passion and even my pain and like my pain in the world. Like what have I been through that has caused me pain, but I know that I've learned something. So now I can go forward and help someone else in that same position. Like now that I'm not in pain anymore, I can reach back and help someone else out of their pain. And that can look so many different ways, whether you're a therapist, whether you're an artist, whether you're a person helping someone in customer service, like you just have a heart now to show up in a world as a bomb, as a medicine to someone's soul. And you, and you understand that your vibration, no matter what you're doing can help people do that. And it's so important that part, that part of service. And then when we, when we're in service, we're also helping ourselves. You know, how often do we, you know, some days we need advice ourselves or we're not feeling our, our, you know, like our highest self. And then we give someone advice and we're back balanced again, yeah. we're back to aligned again. You know, it, it's, it's such a beautiful, beautiful reciprocal experience. Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to continue the conversation with Layla Delia to learn more about her work and Vibrate Higher Daily. Please visit her website, www.vibratehigherdaily.com, on Twitter at Layla Delia, on Facebook, Layla Delia, and on Instagram, also Layla Delia. And Layla is spelled L-A-L-A-H. We're going to take that brief pause and then we'll be back and we'll continue the conversation with Lala Delia. Who says money can't buy happiness? Whether you are a skeptic or seeker, check out Lisa's new book. Are we happy yet? Eight keys to unlocking a joyful life. A boot camp manual for greater emotional fitness is available at Barnes and Noble, Amazon, IndieBound and HarvestingHappiness.com. Here's a truth bomb. Emotions are contagious. And happiness is a universally desired state. But we tend to forget that we all have the freedom to be happy or the liberty to be miserable each day, regardless of external circumstances. Explore the journey of human happiness, how to find it and keep it, 
with Lisa's documentary film, H-Factor. Where is your heart? Visit HarvestingHappiness.com to learn more. conversation about good vibrations rising into your higher self. Let's get back to my conversation with Lala Delia that originally aired in March of 2020. So Layla, talk a little bit about how your dad's mindset influenced you. He was truly an a, a teacher sent to me, not just a parent, but a teacher who was able to plant these this life into me that as a young girl didn't always flourish at the time, but it did it when it was supposed to. That's what I believe. And he was able to set the tone vibrationally as a young person. And back then, granted, I loved it, but I didn't always understand what he was doing. But he was vibrating higher. He was living in South Central LA and you know, bringing me up to be a woman of integrity, a young girl who can navigate her environment and not settle for, you know, things that didn't serve me. And did I always listen? No, <laughs> I had to go like, you know, most of young course. people. Of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I'm like, I think I need to reveal right here. So I, you know, and, and it's funny because young people, how the brain is, is just mapped out. It's not that they want to rebel. It's like they just really are testing, you know, their their coming of age and their, you know, their growth in the world and hormones are haywire and going everywhere. And you just think that you know more than your wise parents sometimes. And so I truly was, you know, I loved my father, but I was truly rebelling to a point where I was settling for friendships and, you know, all the things that didn't serve me. And my father was always like, that's not for you. And and sometimes he would step in with a stern, you know, uh, interception, <laughs> like make me in relationships or, you know, make me go to certain functions that would help grow me and expand my mind, read books to me, really spend time with me, taking me places that would expand my mind as a young person. He would, there was days when we would drive outside of our neighborhood many times, drive outside of our neighborhood, go to different types of events and functions where the people were completely different than what we were seeing in our close-knit neighborhood. And it allowed me to to look at the world a little different. Like, oh, okay, people are living differently. And it, it sparked curiosity as a young girl to where it that I was able to feed off of that curiosity. And that was a saving grace ultimately. Um, I think it, where it manifested the most for me growing up was in the creative outlet. And he fed into my creativity. He saw kind of where I was taking hold of everything he was showing me in the arts. And he would feed into that support and have me, you know, at places and events and trainings and schools doing all the things. And when I was going through all my things in the world, all the all the pain that it was my art that I came back to versus, you know, what you're seeing now, me as a writer, a spiritual writer, it really is a cathartic place for me. And through that, I, I was able to offer now something to the world, which I love. But yeah, he was so instrumental in setting a vibrational tone in my home that allowed me to feel at home and ha- that I had a sacred space in the world, no matter what pain I was looking at in the world. And granted, a lot of the pain that I was having was not my fault at all. It was things that I didn't ask for, but yeah. experienced, you know, and 
and you know him not knowing all of what was going on because I, I dared not tell him, not knowing what would happen. But uh, I I was more so in protection of him. Uh, but I I was able to find just reprieve just being around him and in the home and the energy that he built for us, which was all about setting a higher energy tone and a place of warmth and a place where I knew I was taken care of and tended to as a child from a parent, which is just really important. He was there. He was present. Like we talked about earlier, he he had a meaningful presence and just a beautiful spirit, which he still does. <laughs> he still does to this day. And in Vibrate Higher Daily, you reference um, the work of Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey. And then you just shared about your own story or your own journey of, you know, not hearing the call or the the, uh, the advice of the father. And I'm thinking to myself as you're speaking that part of the um, the paradigm of Joseph Campbell's heroic journey is that the story must unfold the way it does in order for the hero to be activated, right? So all of the negative stuff, all mm-hmm. of the challenging stuff Yep. must occur in order to give rise to that flame. Oh, absolutely. It's all, it's the ingredients. You know, we, if we look at our lives, if we look at that hero's journey in the life of a cake, like it takes everything. It takes the eggs, it takes the milk, it takes the butter, the coconut oil, whatever you put in it, it takes yeah. the type of, of flour you use. And if you leave anything out, that cake is going to be a mess. <laughs> Lopsided. (laughs) It's going to be lopsided and it's just not going to be its full potential self, that yummy cake, right? That it could be. So, but our journeys are the same thing, no matter like, you know, and and it's interesting because I heard this is Kirk Franklin's reference actually, but he talked about, you know, now if you put an egg like by itself and crack it and just put it in a bowl, there's nothing happens. And if you put flour in a bowl by itself, nothing happens. If you put sugar in a bowl by itself and nothing happens, you know, so on. And he just talks about, but when you mix all the things together, the, the flour, the, the milk, the oil, the eggs, the salt, it creates a cake, you know, once you do all the steps, once, yeah. once you allow the process. And that's our lives. Like, that's what the journey is. All the things that we don't understand by themselves when it's happening, it makes no sense to us. We can't digest it. We, it does, we, we want out of it. But we don't see that something else is building. A process is happening. And a path is being made for us. We're being fortified. We're being initiated. And we're being molded to become the hero of our life. And if we just allow it, if we surrender to that process, if we trust the process, if we lean in and say, how can I be of best use in my own process? How can I stop being an enemy to my process? Because the process is never against us. It's always for us. And when we can allow that to be what it is, we understand now that okay, I can insert myself in this whole paradigm as a hero versus a victim. Yeah, You know, you can always look at, and Joseph Campbell talks about this motif of the hero. There's always an adversary. There's always some, some mystical person who comes in your life that initiates your healing, who gives you inspiration to know that you can carry on. And it just happens on and on. And then it's a it's a space where you go from being a victim or you go from just really being this underdog to now really having to say so in your own life. You no longer on, are on autopilot and you realize I have power to really turn this around and to help guide my 
guide my path and guide this whole ship I'm sailing. So it's just not at sea floating in any which direction. And I'm just okay with that. But now I'm now taking charge of this vessel and navigating forward in my power and with mindfulness and intention. That makes all the difference in the world then when you have those key components, because now that helps guide you vibrationally and energetically how you show up, what you accept what you say no to, right? Let's, let's give our listeners a couple of examples of ways that we can alter our own environment to be more open to scaling the tone up. Yeah. Oh, that's so important. So for one is to pay attention. Your body is always speaking to you vibrationally. It's, it's, your body is a, it's a monitor and it's allowing you to feel and to sense how something is reacting to your body, how your body is reacting to something energetically. So say if it's a food you eat and it's really causing fatigue, it's causing brain fog, you can't function after you eat it or after you consume it, then something as small as that is awareness. That's vibrational awareness that I talk about in the book. And it happens on the most small, smallest, minute levels. And then on the big levels, like maybe you're in a career field where you don't feel fulfilled. You don't see any energy shifting You've tried, you've totally done all you can, but then you know it's time to expand outward and leaving that job, surrendering it, letting it go, and then moving out, expanding out into that, expanding your experience out into something else. Maybe you don't know what it is yet, but that's that vibrational awareness that I know this is, it's drawing you, it's always pulling you in, in a certain direction. So that's a way, or then maybe it's in a relationship with a person. You just notice that maybe you know, energetically, vibrationally, I feel beautiful around this person. I feel heard. I feel safe. I feel consoled. All the things that we look for in, in, in beautiful functioning relationships or in, when it's not functional, then maybe you don't feel seen and heard. There's no consoling ever. There's no encouragement and there's no exchange. There's no balance there and you feel heavy about it. And that's vibrational awareness to move your life into a better, higher direction. So it's always, it's, it's about the sense it's feeling sensual, sensory wise, what we're experiencing and honoring that, that that's vibrational feedback from your body, from your, everything about your body, mind, and spirit. So is there's, there's this listening and there's an attunement to our surroundings, to our thoughts, to our feelings, with, without necessarily believing everything that we think, because there's a downside to that as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because everything that you think, if you just go off of your thoughts alone, they're not like facts, we know. honey, they're not facts. <laughs> <laughs> they are not facts. Like they are so not facts. And even that, like we, we're doing it even then when we're guarding our thoughts, when we're kind of saying, oh, okay, I had a wild thought. Like if we act out on every thought, like can you imagine what our life would look like, right? And so having the discernment to know what thoughts to give energy to and, and say, for instance, that you want to get better at this. It's the more you do it, it's a muscle. The more you honor navigating your thoughts in a higher direction, the, the more better thoughts you'll have. But when you keep feeding into lower thoughts and being reactionary to them, you, you have more of that. So it's basically like, what mind do you want to feed? Do you want to feed the critical mind, the judging mind, the lower vibrational mind, the self-defeated mind, or do you want to feed the mind that is an overcomer? That's the hero of your life. That is healthy. That is abundant. You know, it's, it's what do you, what thoughts do you want to feed? And the mind is like that. It's, it's going to go where you're, you're putting energy towards. 
And that's another way just to show up and understand that you have power. You can live your power in a way in the world to where now your thoughts, your actions are more aligned to how you want to live versus, you know, you just having this ethereal idea or this idea outside of your head that other people can have the beautiful life and the beautiful things. Maybe it's the relationship and the career or the home, but you can't have it or the platform, right? But when you start really paying attention to vibration, because vibration is going to be the tool that's going to help you navigate there to get to that, to actualize that. So when you start honoring your vibration, your energy, it's going to guide you there. And then it it shows up even louder. It gets clearer. There's more clarity there. Would you read a short passage from your book, Vibrate Higher Daily? We're almost out of time, but I'd love to give our listeners a flavor and then we'll need to sign off. (laughs) Yes, yes. I have a piece here. This is a, a just a really short, simple piece. And it's in the book and it's under the journey section and it's in chapter two. Don't ever stop believing in your personal transformation. It is still happening on the days you may not realize it or feel like it. Hmm. Amen. <laughs> Amen. 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 Or a woman. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. My guest today has been Layla Delia. We've been talking about her book, Vibrate Higher Daily, How to Rise to Your Potential and Embrace Vibrational-Based Living for Empowerment, Wholeness, and Well-Being. To learn more, please visit VibrateHigherDaily.com, on Twitter at Layla Delia, on Facebook, that's Layla Delia, and on Insta, also Layla Delia. And Layla is spelled L-A-L-A-H. Layla, thanks for coming by her a virtual cup of tea today. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure. Oh, I feel the same <laughs> <Loved> way. <it. laughs> me too. Yes. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness today. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen and my guests, Agapi Stasinopoulos and Lala Delia, wishing you kind thoughts, kinder words, and the kindest of actions. Until next time, remember, happiness is an inside job. Happiness is your inside job. Please go out and rock your day and remember to be kind to each other. Keep harvesting your own happiness anytime and anywhere from the comfort of wherever you are. Subscribe, listen, and share hundreds of downloadable episodes via our free app or from our libraries at toginet.com, iTunes, Google Play, and other fine podcast platforms. To learn more about Lisa's global consulting services, please visit harvestinghappiness.com. Spread more joy by liking us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and following Lisa on Twitter at Lisa Kamen. Harvesting Happiness is produced in collaboration with TogiNet Radio, KBUURadioMalibu.net, and is available on PRX, the public radio exchange.